Hi there, this is Renee Fournay. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to my podcast. It is my prayer that it will be a blessing to you and that you would simply get to know this wonderful creation that you are designed beautifully by the master, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit himself. Loss? Well, yes. Brokenness? Of course. But know this, the more you embrace the cross, Jesus, the more your broken pieces are transformed into something ultimately beautiful. Now let's tune in to see what the Lord has to say today. So today I want to talk about um, praising your way out of uh, prison. And I want to take a look at how Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And what they chose to do is absolutely remarkable to me. So looking at Acts chapter 16 verses, let's see. Let's begin with verse 22, 16, verse 22. It says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, can you say about midnight? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked this question, guys, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them and to all the others in his house at that hour of the night. The jailer took them and he washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. Not just him, but he and his whole family. Let's talk about it, guys. Let's talk about Paul and Silas in prison. And let's talk about how you too can praise your way out of your prison. I'm sitting here and I have looked at the scripture over and over again. 
many times and there's a song called shake the foundation with praise in uh in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through but um it wasn't until here recently that god gave me uh some few key ideas on praising in prison think about it paul and silas they're in prison yet they praised they're beaten with rods they're thrown in jail the jailer guards them carefully they put them in an inner cell their feet are in chains well you know they're going to use that as an instrument of praise okay so right where they are in their prison they begin to sing and pray and they're doing this so loudly that the other prisoners are able to hear them. They do not praise because of the need to escape the prison. For I'm sure that they didn't even, I don't think they were thinking about this happening. Yet they choose to do what they know to do. And that is this. Let's be useful right where we are. Paul and Silas, I'm assuming that that's what they said. They said, you know what? Since we're here, let's keep doing what we do. Let's praise Jesus through the mess. Let's praise Jesus through the chains. Let's praise through being locked in prison. Let's just praise and pray. Can you not see them even using the chains on their feet as an instrument as they sang hymns to God and prayed? Now, you know, the hymns that they sang had to have the living word of God in it as lyrics. Oftentimes you'll hear someone that has classified their music as it's a gospel hymn or a gospel song, but it doesn't contain the living word of God. And I tell you this, my opinion, if it doesn't contain the gospel of Jesus Christ, I think you need to classify it possibly as something else because everything should point back to Jesus. So the hymns they sang, I can only imagine them making a hymn out of this. God sent a savior into the world, but we did not recognize him. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He died and was raised to life. It is through him that we are saved. I can imagine that they're singing this song using those chains on their ankles, on their wrists as they're locked in chains, using it as instruments. Imagine that. The prisoners did not know God, but now they're hearing about this incredible God that deserves incredible praise because of this Jesus. And then it moves the jailer to ask this question. What must do I do to be saved? The jailer, listen, this is in Acts 16, 29 through 30. The jailer calls, he calls for lights. He rushed in and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he escorted them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul convinces the jailer that they're all present. And this is the jailer's next question. What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas, they share the gospel, they baptize the jailer, and then they baptize his entire household. Paul and Silas going to prison, being useful in their imprisonment led to the salvation of others. What if your troubles, your trials, your imprisonment is for someone else's 
salvation. If you knew this, would you surrender then and say, you know what, Lord, have your way. Use me for your glory to draw others to yourself. If you knew this, would you move from complaining about your circumstance and begin praising God for what he is going to do? If you could see the heart that would turn to Christ because of the words, a hymn of praise to our God, because of the words, the hymn of praise that you're speaking in your prison, would you change your speech to speak more about Jesus and less about your sad sob story? Can my words from any given crisis day be played back to someone that does not know Jesus and they respond with, hey, tell me what must I do to be saved? I like the jailer responded to Paul and Silas. Singing about the goodness and faithfulness of Jesus in a crisis, it really does not seem logical in the natural realm. But in the spiritual realm, it could literally elevate Jesus so much so that hearts that don't know him would turn to him. This seems insane to praise after being beaten. Imagine your flesh being beaten to a point. Hey, the jailers, they had to go and wash their wounds. So, you know, they were in, they were in pain. So it seems insane to be, to be in a state of praise after being beaten and imprisoned. But yet it seems that Paul and Silas, they decide, they make a choice to do this. I don't know. Maybe Paul, I guess he said to Silas, hey, we're in here. Let's just keep doing what we're called to do, no matter what it looks like. An attitude of just be useful of no matter where you find yourself. Listen to this. Nothing happens to us without God's knowledge of it. So if God allows it, then we must trust God to keep us through it and to work through us. We must keep being who God has called us to be. Keep being his vessel. Empty vessel that is filled up on his power, filled up with his word. No matter where we are or where we are, we must be and we can be useful to God. See, Paul and Silas, they kept on giving thanks, giving thanks, feet locked in chains, giving thanks, having been beaten, bleeding, wounds, giving thanks, thanks, having been in prison, giving thanks to God, praising God, singing hymns of praise that included the gospel of Jesus Christ. As they do their part, being God's vessel, God does his part. There is no prison wall that God can not break down that we might be locked up in. When he says it's time to release us, guess what? Those prison walls will come down. They praise and they pray and it reaches the ears of God. And the one who controls this world unleashes an earthquake. The earthquake does not do any damage to anyone. It only does enough 
to open the doors of their physical prison so that the jailer's spiritual prison can be open. So the jailer and his family, they've been living in a spiritual prison and now it's time for them to be released. You see, Paul and Silas were physically imprisoned, but spiritually they have been freed from the prison of sin. The word of God says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8, 1 and 2. And so if the son sets you free, you really will be free. That's John 8, 36. Don't you just see how Romans 8, 28 is working itself all up in the mix inside of that prison? Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Let's not drop that part. We love to say, man, God got my back. God has my back. God is with me. He's going to work this for my good. Hey, it's always for his kingdom purpose. Paul and Silas's physical imprisonment was for the release of the jailer's spiritual imprisonment. Indeed, the trouble that Paul and Silas encountered worked for the good of the kingdom of God. Praising and praising can do the following for you. Your chains can be broken. Your family members' chains can be broken. Your neighbors' chains can be broken. Those in your environment, their spiritual chains can be broken. Your bondage, bondage, no matter what it is, sickness, loss, mental illness, addictions, you name it, someone else's bondage to sin it can be broken through your praising and praying. Cause guess what happens? You're filled up on the spirit of God. And then you become this powerhouse. Essentially salvation happens. Someone turning to Christ because of your praise, because your praise shared the gospel as opposed to it sharing your sad, sob pity party. Move to elevating Jesus above your crisis and let's watch what he will do. You take heart and comfort in the midst of your crisis. For Jesus forewarned us that in this life, on this side of heaven, we are going to experience crisis and trouble upon trouble. But he also told us this. He overcame it all. Jesus is above it all. Change your prayer from asking Jesus to be with you in the midst of your crisis, for he is ever present. He said this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Your prayer should reflect Jesus. Make me aware of your presence throughout my crisis. So then it's back to you choosing to gazing up on the true and living God, gazing and praising. Will you be aware of the presence of the living God in your atmosphere and let your words be pleasing unto him in your crisis? Listen, Matthew 28, 20b and John 16, 33, it says this. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. 
John 16, 33 says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I've conquered the world. Amen. Amen. So let's pray a prayer to rejoice in the Lord. Father, this day is a day that you've made and we rejoice and we're glad in it. We rejoice in you always, Jesus. Again, we say that we rejoice. We delight ourselves in you, Lord. Happy we are because you, God, are our Lord. Father, you say that you rejoice over us with joy. Hallelujah, we are redeemed. And we come with singing and everlasting joy is upon our head. We obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing must flee away. That spirit of rejoicing, joy, and laughter is our heritage. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom, and we walk in that liberty. Father, with our mouths, we praise you with joyful lips. We are ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. We speak out in psalms and hymns and we make a melody with all of our heart. To you, O Lord. Our happy heart is a good medicine, and our cheerful mind works healing. The light in our eyes rejoices the heart of others. We have a good report. Our countenance radiates the joy of the Lord. Father, we thank you that we bear much prayer fruit, and we ask in Jesus' name, and we will receive so that our joy, our gladness, our delight may be full, complete, and overflowing. That joy of the Lord is our strength. Therefore, we do count it all joy, all strength, when we encounter tests, when we encounter trials of any sort, because we are strong in you, Jesus. We have the victory in the name of Jesus. Satan is under our feet. We are not moved by adverse circumstances. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we dwell in the kingdom of God. And we have peace. And we have joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise your holy name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time. You be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Let praise flow out of your mouth when you encounter trials and tests. Let others see Jesus in you. Hey, as believers, let's act like we serve a God that is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask, think, or even imagine. Be blessed, my friends.